Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We're going to be talking bugs in just a second with Morgan Marion. Morgan works at Canterbury University. She's a science communicator and a bug enthusiast. So if you have any bug-related questions, do fire them through 2101. After 10, we have an amazing story uh, with this bloke, Bob Innes, who back in the day, the day being 2005, he uh, he bought a domain name. Rentahitman.com was the domain name. And it was a pun. It wasn't like it wasn't like actually rent a professional assassin. Um, but as you might have expected, he did end up getting some unusual requests from people. And while you or I might have just gotten the hell away from rentahitman.com, uh, Bob was not similarly minded. He decided to turn... Uh, vigilante, I suppose, with it. Uh, it's a great story, that one. That's at about 20 past 10. At around half past 10, Jamie Wall is our sports correspondent. We're going to be talking about sports washing and the Warriors and what they're doing right and the Black Caps on free-to-air TV and the effects that that's having on exposure. And then at around about 10 to 11, the BBC World's Rich Preston is here to chat international stories. Now, though, Morgan Marion is on the line, and uh, the heat of summer, of course, can do peculiar things to human beings. Things like eating four ice creams in a day, or road rage, or putting vinegar on a sunburn. And it also does uh, peculiar things to our fauna, our creepy crawlies. Uh, there are a whole range of bugs that are making noise and biting us and wanting to come inside our homes. And uh, Morgan is going to chat to us about some of them. She's a bug expert, as I mentioned, and a science communicator at Canterbury Museum. And she's on the line now. Kia ora. Kia ora. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Um, t- tell me a bit about the bug collection down at, at Canterbury University. Sorry, say that again? <laughs> the, bug, the bug collection. I see Canterbury University, sorry. The bug collection <laughs> at, at, at Canterbury Museum. Tell me a bit about it. Oh, we've got hundreds and thousands of um, specimens. We've got a huge invertebrate collection at Canterbury Museum. Um, we've actually, some people might be quite familiar with our insect drawers that we're in our discovery in the old museum. Mm-hmm. And we've just put them back out for the public to see for the summer. Because Canterbury Museum, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's closed for a while, isn't it? That's correct. We have just entered a redevelopment phase, and so we've moved out of our old site, and we are now in a pop-up museum uh, while we're undergoing this massive change. And so what does your job look like now? Are, are you sort of, are you, are you at the pop-up museum? Are you on the road? 
Yeah, yeah, there's a little bit of that. It's kind of very flexible, really. So I am with the educators and we do go out to the schools instead of having them come to us like we had in the past. We're going straight to them. Um, and I also help out with exhibition and I help out with the curators and uh, the communication for the museum, all sorts. It's been really, really fun, actually. Morgan, you've got a PhD, I read here, in native stick insects. <laughs> uh, that is very specific. Um, what got you hooked on bugs in the first place? Oh, just how incredible they are and how diverse they are. They're so beautiful. They look like little aliens. And also I, realizing that they are so, so important. They are literally the reason why, why the world is, you know, is the way it is. Without them, we would not be here, truly. Do we have interesting bugs Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. We've got a very high level of endemicity, which just means that the majority of our bugs are only found here in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. They do not occur anywhere else in the world. Um, and so that's what makes them really important, because if they disappear, then that's it. I mean, the one that springs to mind for me, of course, is is the weta. That's got to be like A tier, mm -hmm. A tier interesting in, in the overall world of, of, of bugs. Absolutely. It's God tier, I would say. Nice. Yes. <laughs> uh, we've got some incredible weta. And I think the one that most people know about, obviously, is the weta punga. Um, and those are beautiful creatures. Mm. I've actually just got a test pertaining to weta. Um, so we're putting you <laughs> on the spot pretty early on in the piece. Do weta make a sound? Do they make a chirp? Yeah, they do. They do. Some of them can stridulate with their legs. Um Yes, it's not as obvious as you would with other types of orthoptera. So that's the group that they belong to, like um, the katydids and things like that. But they do, they can, yes. Is that like a like a grass? Like, I'm thinking of James and the Giant Peach and the grass, grasshopper and James and the Giant Peach that, that plays <laughs> yeah, the violin. Grasshoppers, yeah, grasshoppers, katydids, the weta, they're all part of the same group, orthoptera. Someone else texts in to say... And this is probably something that a lot of people will relate to at this time of year. What is the best way to deter ants? Ah, oh, the, the ants. I know. They're coming into my house as well. Um, well, there's a few different ways, really. So they're coming into your house because, well, the most of the time I'm opening the windows because it's so hot. Uh, they're coming in to get food. So really making sure that your food is in tightly sealed containers and that you're wiping down your uh, surfaces to remove any crumbs. And then if it does really get bad, then I would say try and go to the source, try and find out where the nest is. If it's near the house, if it's in a pot plant, then you might move that out. Um, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been bitten by That's an ant? Advice. You ever been bitten by an ant, Morgan? Not in New Zealand. Yeah. Overseas, yes. Yeah. Yeah. When I used to live in French Guiana in South America, those were some big ants. Man, they get big, eh? Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. You what? do not want to go head to head with a fire ant. Why don't I they? Would not recommend. Why don't they get that big and nasty here? That's a good question. We actually, our ant fauna is quite, um, a scientist would call it depopulate. So we just do not have that many species compared to other places overseas. Um, they just, yeah, don't need to get that big. I, they don't need to fight off massive predators like they would overseas. So you can imagine, you know, in Australia, yeah. uh, you get these massive ant hills and you've get like these big mammals trying to get at them. The ants here don't really need to do that. 
That makes sense. It's like um, that's the survival of the fittest thing, isn't it? And I suppose if being, exactly. you know, if not, if there isn't that much else out there that's going to kill and eat you, then you can get by being like only semi-fit. Oh no, I don't mean to be disparaging to our poor local ants, though. <laughs> no, but absolutely, the, the the way that our critters look and the behaviours that they have certainly reflects what is hunting them and what is eating them. And for most of that time in New Zealand, those were birds, <laughs> not 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 invasive mammals or rats or things like that. So is that the reason that we don't really have many, if any, venomous, to, to, well, you know, stuff that can, stuff that can, stuff with six legs or eight legs that can kill you in New Zealand? Yeah, absolutely. It is a reflection of that. Of And not only that, but a lot of our... Um, Insects are quite uh, camouflage, you would say. They're quite drab in colours, yeah. greens and browns. And uh, they have behaviours like playing dead and freezing, you know, staying still in the face of danger. And that's to reflect a predator that is visually guided in how they hunt the birds. Um, we didn't, we don't have any native mammals apart from the bats. And mammals normally hunt by movement um, and smell. So uh, they don't really care about what you look like. And so those critters overseas, they need other types of defenses like spraying chemicals or big spines mm. to, you know, fight those predators. Against a bird, if you stay still, that's, that's all you really need. Mm. <laughs> all right. Let's talk summer bugs specifically. Mm. Um, like, is that my imagination or are there simply more things flying and crawling around at the moment than there are at other times of the year? Well, yeah, summer is definitely the time for bugs. This is when they're all coming out. This is, you know, uh, the, the days are longer, it's warmer, it's hotter. So it's definitely, and we're also outside a lot more. So we're encountering them a lot more. So that's all kind of feeding into each other for sure. Cicadas in particular, but though I suppose they're really orally noticeable, aren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. Cicadas are really noticeable. So this is when they're emerging out of the ground uh, and they're starting to sing to find each other. And uh, sometimes you get mass emergences. Um, and, and yeah, they can get really, really, really loud, especially they're going to get louder in February when the chorus cicada comes out. Another question from a listener. And just a reminder, you can text your questions through for Morgan. Marion on 2101. Um, there are more cockroaches, writes this person, than normal in our garage and house here in New Plymouth. Why is this, and is there a good way to get rid of them? Why is there more cockroaches? Mm, interesting. Um, I'm not actually sure as to why there would be more of them, but just maybe they're getting in more easily. Um, Getting rid of them, I, I never truly advocate for killing any kind of bugs. Mm. My method has always been to try and catch them and put them back out and just trying to seal the room so they don't get back in. Um, you could try some natural uh, remedies, you know, there's certain like oils like citronella and peppermint that, that do seem to work sometimes. Yeah, they're just coming in because it's warm, it's hot. This is when they're reproducing the most, so they're just their populations are just getting bigger and bigger. Do you get bitten by mosquitoes? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. I I am a magnet for them. Yeah, because okay, I'll tell you this: my partner, she um, <laughs> on our first date ever, we were sitting outside, and um, I was getting absolutely eaten 
by mosquitoes and she didn't get a single bite and so i'm curious <laughs> as to whether there's like a like a, a gene or like a blood thing you know mm. you know like with coriander how some people have a, yeah. have a gene that makes it taste like soap is that the case with mosquitoes that they just like some people more than others yeah, it's interesting. Do you know, this is a question that has fascinated scientists for a really, really long time. Um, and why some people are more attractive to mosquitoes than others, we've kind of come up with, it's a multiple, it's a, a multiple things together. So it's, it's the fact that, um, it's the sweat that we exude and it's the bacteria that's on our skin. So every person has a different population of bacteria on mm. their skin. Um, and the amount of CO2 that we breathe out is also slightly different. And so all those combining factors will make some people just prime rib eye for these, for these mosquitoes. And it's only the females that bite us, you know? So yeah, I don't know. When I sit up with my family, I am also the number one magnet for mosquitoes. That makes me feel a little bit better. Um, feeling like I'm prime <laughs> rib eye, you know? <laughs> well, you've got to look at it this way. It's only the females that bite bite you and uh, they're biting you for your blood to get a blood meal and they're using the nutrients in our blood to mature their eggs so they're just being a good mother but i know that you know on our end it's not so nice <laughs> that's a very holistic way of looking at it and i applaud you for yeah. that yeah <laughs> are there writes a listener more sand flies now that there are humans here because what did they eat before us before us, they were going for um, the the other animals that were in New Zealand, mostly the birds, uh, especially the penguins. They really? find penguins quite tasty, yeah. But how can yeah. they get past the, the thick skin and the feathers and stuff like that? Oh, I'm, you know, sandflies are quite voracious oh. and uh, their bites hurt a lot more than mosquitoes. You know, mosquitoes have a proboscis, like a needle, that they just kind of stick into your skin. You don't really feel it. No. Um, until a little bit after, a sandfly has like saw-like barbs on wow. its mouth parts. So they're literally digging and sawing into your skin to get to your blood. And yeah, that hurts a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> they really want that blood. They really do. Yeah. I, I holiday quite a lot in the Graham Valley in the top of the South Island and it's like prime mm. sandfly territory. And I, I, I have nightmares about them. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we, we have 12 species of sandflies in New Zealand, but only three of them are the ones that bite us. Um, and the worst one out of the lot is the one in the South Island. Oh, yeah. for us <laughs> in the life. South. That's my life. <laughs> hey, Morgan, lots of questions coming through about flies. Um, oh, God, I can imagine. <laughs> what is it, writes one person, about houses that attract flies? Like, I get it with moths. Um, the light is mm. on. But flies, they just seem to, they, it's like they have a, a, a homing radar inside them. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. They, they're kind of, they're coming in for the food. They can smell, you know, whatever we're preparing and things like that. Especially in the summer heat, if you've got fruits or veggies and it's staying out in the heat, that's going to really attract them. And then the other thing is they quite like still air. And so, you know, if it's quite windy outside, they're going to find shelter inside our houses and hang around because it's perfect for them. Someone but, else. Oh, no, sorry. Go ahead. 
No, no, I was about to say, but, you know, flies are really important still. They're, uh, a lot of people talk about the honeybees being pollinators, but flies are just as important, if not more, I would argue, as pollinators of our plants here in New Zealand. Um, and to put it into context for people, you know, that always despair about the flies, you would not have chocolate without flies, because the only insect that pollinates the chocolate plant is a fly. Are you on Big Fly's payroll? <laughs> Maybe I am. Maybe I am. I think it's also because our curator of natural history at the museum is a fly expert, and so I, I hear it all the time. <laughs> nice. Have you ever seen that movie, The Fly, with Chief Goldblum? Of course, of course. Yeah. Did you? It's on the list. <laughs> you know? Oh. Oh. Um, on the topic of flies, and uh, on the topic as well of your um, gentleness towards insects, someone asks, mm. how would Morgan get rid of flies without killing them? I would... <laughs> uh... Oh, that is quite hard. I just try and not let them into the house and really close all my windows. I've got fly screens on my windows so mm -hmm. they don't try to get in. Um, I will try and like, you know, get a bit of air movement going. So I'll put the fan on for a little bit and make them come out. Uh, really, it's that still air that they like. If the air is moving, they will not hang around. Morgan, what's the deal with stick insects? Like, what do you mean? Well, like, what? insects are great yeah I, I know though they're really cool don't get me wrong it's just like how did evolution um you mm. know coalesce in such a way that stick insects are flourishing around the world that they're the perfect yeah well they're just they're just so good at staying hidden and avoiding predators and that tactic just works for them so well that it has just evolved multiple times into different forms because you know we we've got the stick insects but overseas they also have the leaf insects and yeah. all of that camouflage works really really well as a tactic is it hard <laughs> is it hard to spot them when you're looking for them to study oh yeah absolutely i've had how do you do it field uh, you just have to stay calm, <laughs> first of all. Um, be patient, a lot of patience. And really, the best way to find them is at night. Uh, so right. if you go out with a head torch, that's when they're the most active. That's when they're moving around looking for mates, uh, munching on food and things like that. What do so, they, yeah. they eat? <laughs> what, what does a stick insect eat? Just plants. Just right. straight up leaves. <laughs> hey, I've, I've got a wee note here that says that we've got a a bug of the year competition getting underway soon. We do, absolutely. It's it's currently underway. Uh, so the Entomology Society of New Zealand has decided that, you know, the birds have had their time for quite a few years. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's it's the turn for the bugs um, because, you know, we've got 20,000 species of insects and spiders in New Zealand. And so we just wanted to highlight a few of them and, and show how cool they are. And so we've decided to... Um, pretty much copy bird of the year and launch our own competition <laughs> um are, are you do, do you want to make a pitch now for anybody for any particular bug well we've got 20 nominees so because we've got so many different species uh earlier in the year we kind of put out the call and people can nominate their their favorite ones and then we narrowed that down to 20 just for the year and it changes every year mm -hmm. um and you can vote for three and you've got until the 12th of february to vote um 
my favorites, I will go for the Katipo spider because, you know, it's our only venomous spider in New Zealand. So, yeah, yeah, and that's um, just great, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but their venom is not that bad. Is it's, it not? It's, okay. Yeah. No, there's very, very rare cases where it's led to anything. And even then, most of the time, it's from secondary infections and other things. So... <laughs> okay, so the, um, the yeah. katipo. What, what else are you gonna? What katipo, else are you gonna? The velvet worm. The velvet worm. Is, the velvet um, worm. The velvet worm. Yeah, I know. It's this incredible critter. That's just. It's just incredible. It's it's also called a peripetus. It's like this weird invertebrate. It looks like a caterpillar with stumpy legs, um, and they spray like a sticky substance at their predators, yeah. and they dissolve. The predators like their prey, sorry, dissolve into a soup, and then that's what they they slurp up. Like no, I've milkshake. I've seen videos of this, and when the when the spray comes out, it looks super freaky, doesn't it? Yeah, I've had one on my hand, like spray it at my fingers, and it's like this weird gluey thing. It's so so cool. Did it hurt? <laughs> no, no, it's just they're incredible little critters. Um, yeah, and they've looked the way they have for like millions of years. They just. They're so successful, they they haven't changed their look. <laughs> hey, how do you remember the difference between entomology and etymology? <laughs> um, well, I guess it's, you know, it's probably easy for you. There's a couple of de- yeah. <laughs> difference, yeah, no. I have been called an etymologist many, many times yeah. before, and... Yeah, but it's fine. It's fine. I don't mind having a, a double hat. <laughs> I have a tip for people who are trying to remember the difference between those two, and that's that um, entomologist... Um, ints are like the big trees in Lord of the Rings, and bugs yeah. bugs live live in trees. Yeah, like a giant stick insect. Yeah, yes. You know those ants. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> there should be a movie about a giant killer stick insect. Oh, that'd be cool. But yeah. stick insects are so gentle; they don't want to hurt anyone. <laughs> I guess no, no bugs really want to hurt anyone, do they? No, no, they do not. If you can take one message away, it's that. The bugs do not want to hurt you. The first bug of the year was last year. Who won mm-hmm. that who won that competition? It was the native bee. The native the native bee. bee. Like just a honey bee. A honeybee? Is that what makes it's it's uh it is a bee. They don't produce only honeybees produce Honey, yeah. <laughs> funny. Uh, but no, we've got a, a few species of native bees, the bees that were here before um, Europeans introduced the honeybees. And these bees are solitary and they just uh, have little, um, they make their nest in, you know, clay banks and things like that. Um, and they are really important pollinators for our native plants. So yeah, that's what won Bug of the Year last year. <laughs> Someone writes, um, is it true that some fly sprays only make the flies sick for a while and then fly off. Ooh, I'm not actually sure about that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's Cause, a that that yeah, would seem some... that would seem like quite a quite a humane thing to 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 do, you know? Yeah, I guess you could spray them and then, you know, um brush them up into a pan and put them outside. That would be fine. Yeah. Yeah, good thinking. Um <laughs> Morgan, just a couple of questions left. Do you ever find it? I, I I imagine the answer is no because you you sound so enthusiastic and sort of. But is it is it ever difficult to get people on board with bugs because bugs have mm. a bit of a PR issue? You know what I mean? People sometimes people just a lot of people don't 
don't like bugs. They find them a bit, you know, yeah. creepy crawlies is in the name. Mm, no, yeah, I know. <laughs> They're not that creepy, though. Um, I think the PR issue comes from the fact that there's just a lot of misunderstanding. There's misunderstanding about why they do the things they do. We take offense to some of these things, but actually, if you learn a, a little bit about their behaviors and the life history, then you can understand that they're just, you know, going about their day, trying to live out their lives like we are doing. Um, and actually, that fear that most people have is learnt. And I've seen that firsthand because most kids are not scared of insects or spiders or any other type of bugs. They, you know, I'll have one on my hand and they'll come straight to me because they're fascinated mm. and rightly so. And then and then the mum or the dad or any other adult that's coming along, they'll have that reaction. They'll go, ooh, and make a face. The kid will look at the adult and just suddenly mimic that. They'll suddenly be like, oh, well, you know, that's the reaction I'm supposed to have. So... These kids are learning this from adults or sometimes you can have a bad experience, but really most of the time it's just, it's a learned thing. It's, you know, the, the adult going, Oh no, that's gross. Or don't do that. Or, Ooh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that, that, see, that's lovely. And that's a really nice sentiment, but I did also want to ask you, what's the most painful bite or sting that you've ever gotten? <laughs> Ooh, um, that would have been overseas in South America they had these huge wasp. Like I remember them being in my school. There was a huge wasp nest, and uh, the teachers told us not to get close. And I obviously didn't listen because I wanted to go and investigate. And I remember being stung by one of these big, big wasps, like bigger than the ones we've got here in New in New Zealand, mm. um, and that hurts. Yeah. But, you know, that was lesson learned for me, that I was not too meant to go and look in on their business. <laughs> exactly. I guess that's the thing, is that bugs are to be admired, but also respected. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Morgan, Marian, it has been really delightful having you on today. Um, thank you so much for coming on and, and answering my questions and, and the listeners' questions as well. Well, thank you for having me anytime. Be happy. <laughs> You are listening to RNZ National. It is. It has just gone four minutes to nine. Anna was listening to that interview. And look, here's here's the thing. That question about how to humanely get flies out of your house. I mean, some people aren't interested in humanely getting, getting rid of flies. They're perfectly happy doing the salt gun or the tennis racket or the fly spray. Um, but we got a text from Anna, which... Um, which we thought was quite interesting. And so we gave Anna a call and we said, you want to come on and tell us what you do? And, and she said, yeah. So she's on the line. Kia ora, Anna. Kia ora, how are you? I'm really well. How's your night going? Good, thank you. Enjoying your first show. First show. Yeah, thanks. That's lovely of you to say. Yeah, it's good. So you, this question about humanely getting flies out of the house, this clearly is something that you've, you've thought about before? Yeah, we've done it for several years now because Actually, uh, well, it kind of started because I didn't like the mess of swatting flies. Yeah. Um, but also um, our first child was very upset if we killed anything. <sighs> so um, we would have to, yeah. So we started catching any bug that comes into our Actually, it's not just flies, but you know, bees or butterflies or anything. Um, yeah, and we just catch them and then put them back outside. So can you describe to me how you, how you do it? So we've got an old... Um, actually, it's an old, you know, like food container, mm -hmm. um, which is big enough for nearly every bug um, apart from wetter. And um, we just 
wait for them to land somewhere on the window and then approach really, you have to approach really, really slowly. So sneaky, yeah. So because they sense, I, I think, I don't know for sure, but I think they sense the movement. Totally. So if you move too fast, they, they fly away. Yeah. But if you approach really slowly and then when you're probably a few millimetres away, you go really fast <laughs> and they fly into the container and then I just slip, you know, put the cardboard, a, piece, a small piece of cardboard on the window yeah. and slide the container onto it and then take them outside. So... Or um, put them out the window. You've got to yeah. be pretty careful about this though, don't you? Because I remember... So I... Um, <laughs> I lived in a flat once in Dunedin, on, on Herring yeah. Row in Dunedin, and um, the guy who I was living with tried to hit a fly um, that was on a great big window with a tea towel, um, oh. you know, doing a tea towel whip, and right. he missed the fly, but he smashed the window. Oh, right. <laughs> so I imagine that you've got to be pretty careful not to give that ice cream container too much velocity. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's not that, you know, you just put it on the so that it touches the window, but you don't have to whack it on. Yeah. And it's it, the tip is that it's a clear container, so you can actually see. You know, it's transparent, so you can see if the bug is in there. I mean, sometimes they, they move fast and they fly away, but yeah. you just wait for them to land again and then try again. Have you ever done that, thing, have you ever done that thing, though, when, when, a fly, when you try to catch a fly in your hand? No. Ah. Mm-mm. No, I wouldn't like to do that. Well, no, I mean, as you say, you... you, you you have a very humane attitude towards this. It, it is. It, it does. I mean, I probably get like one in a hundred, but when you do get it, it's like, wow, I could be a fighter pilot or a ninja. <laughs> I tell you the sense of satisfaction when you get a flight. Like today I caught this, you know, this tiny little house flight. Uh-huh, yeah. It actually landed on a brown paper bag on the bench and I got it uh, with my slow. And you got it with your, with your, yeah, nice. I yeah. Like that. And, and put it back outside. It's great. Beautiful. Because they do have a, a place in the ecosystem. They do. You know, so. That's undeniable. That's undeniable. Yeah. Anna, it's been lovely chatting to you. Thank you very much for coming Thank on. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank that you. was Anna with her fly-catching tips. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.